Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. All right, well, thank you for joining me again. I want to first thank my Patreon supporters. We've got Shell at the $50 level. We've got Sam and Angela Shelke that just recently increased their their monthly commitment from $17.76 a month up to $20.20 a month. We've got Perry at the $17.76 a month. Kevin and Katie, Joe, PJ, Ty, uh, Rebecca, Amanda, Spetsnasty, thank you so much for all of your support. I truly appreciate it. And everybody who's been able to get out and get one of these patches, uh, I think one of someone just bought 12 of them just recently. So thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. I think that's going to be some Christmas presents. Uh, I do have more available. I can only put up about 48 at a time, uh, mainly for my shipping department and my wife, to be able to keep up with it. Um, and then we can put some more up. We've got a total of about 475 of them that I'm going to be selling. Um, and we're maybe halfway through that or a little less than halfway through. Thank you so much for all your support. It's been it's been a wonderful outpouring of blessings y'all have been given. Today we have Chris Burge. Chris Burge is is a man who who definitely deserves to be in this series of relieved commanders. So he he was the battalion commander of the 1395th. It's a brigade engineer battalion at Fort Hood. And sir Thank you so much for joining us, and, and tell us what happened, what your story is. Hey, Dr. Sigaloff, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, long-time listener, <laughs> first-time caller. It's uh, great to be on here. Um, yeah, hey, I, I thought I would share uh, with you my two parts, my personal experience, uh, you know, my, my own medical and religious uh, accommodation request, the issues that I had with uh, receiving the shot and then also um, what I would call my professional experience, the the issues that I had, you know, as a battalion commander uh, with forcing the shot on on my soldiers um, whose health and welfare that I was charged with, with entrusted entrusted with. Um, So my my personal experience, the uh, the medical medical exemption process, um, I got a couple medical stuff, medical issues that uh, that I didn't didn't exactly feel comfortable with uh, taking the shot and uh, made the medical uh, request for the shot and uh, it was denied and uh, there there's some things that I had heard from several doctors who uh, weren't weren't the ones that the media were, were always going to they were more the alternative media type uh, source folks, uh, they were saying some things about the shot that uh, kind of lined up with uh, things that I had personally, and uh, I wasn't willing to get them, get the shot. And um, the the medical community with the military was uh, eventually quick to deny that request up at the um, you know the Pentagon Pentagon level. Um, and so I, I made the um, made the second request, and that was denied as well. Uh, so pretty quick, quick and dry with medical exemption. Uh, my religious accommodation request, there were several arguments that I made with the religious accommodation. Um, you know, fetal cell line, which is very important, but that's uh, kind of a boilerplate that everybody goes to, which, uh, you know, if you, as, I, as I dug into some of the research in the shot 
um, I, I learned actually a lot about some of the other things that uh, use fetal cell lines, which uh, has actually changed some of the things that I, I use as well. I'm, I'm going to use in the future when I need it. Um, but if, if people haven't thought about that, uh, I think it's important to think about. And um, so that's one. Uh, and then the other, the other one, uh, I've got two others, uh, transhumanism was really important. I really think that uh, transhumanism is a uh, an angle that uh, people who are pushing this kind of technology, mRNA technology, onto us. Um, yeah, transhumanism was important for me. I think that, uh, you know, according to like Psalm 139, we're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And, um, and so the, I'll, I'll tell you, when you look at uh, Moderna's website, um, actually, I looked at it last night and they changed it. Uh, when you looked at it along uh, several months ago, it would say <clears throat> something to the equivalent of like Moderna is uh, like tweaking the operating system of life or something like that. And um, and so, yeah. Yeah. So I think you and I know what trans what transhumanism is, but I don't want to assume that every listener also knows. Can you describe what that means to you or what the definition actually is? Yeah, yeah, since we're in this modern age of uh, describing what it means to me. <laughs> um, yeah, transhumanism is basically like, uh, basically improving hum humanity, the, the human. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't subscribe to um, evolution. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily judging people if they do, uh, but... If you do, the, a lot of these people, they do subscribe to evolution and they believe that they can improve hum, humans, uh, that they can become part of the, uh, the, the default evolution and, and improve humans in that way. Um, so I, I don't, and um, you know, I'm, 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 I guess you could say I'm an anti-transhumanist. Uh, I think one thing that's important, I think one thing that's important to add to this is if you don't believe us or you don't understand, please go look up Yuval Haraldi. Yuval Haraldi is part of the World Economic Forum, and the things he says are absolutely terrifying. I don't have any clips available of him right now. But what he said is, we will hack the human brain soon. He'll say things like, where you won't have freedom of choice. And then he talks about his investors and how they're the most important, and it, it's people like you know, these big tech companies, I'm not going to mention any names specifically, but these big tech companies that have these cloud systems, almost as if it's an artificial super intelligence that wants to be able to take over the thought content of your mind and connect you to the computers. And then we hear certain people like Elon Musk, who's working this angle called Neuralink. Well, the reason he's doing Neuralink is so that humans and computers can be connected. He's got a different angle. He wants humans and computers to be connected. So that when computers become aware, they see humans as, oh, they're part of us. Let's not kill them all. And, and that's not being fantastic at all. That's exactly what he says. Yeah, what must no, says. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the crazy things is, uh, you know, computer can only, uh, Dr. Sigloff, you remember, uh, you remember the cassette tapes back in the 90s and whatnot? Uh, I, I don't know if you remember those. I, I don't know how old you Please are. Please call but, me uh, Sam. Just Sam. Sam. Uh, 
you know how you could take recordings of of the uh, cassette tapes well you know eventually if you recorded a cassette tape off of each other eventually it would it would get the quality would be so bad you wouldn't understand what it says uh, you know kind of the same with uh, making photocopies um, humans can't improve upon uh, themselves in, in the way of like uh, moral values uh, it's just uh, we can only create something uh, if you can even create something as good um, so we're, we're entering scary time where we um, we think that we can create something that has um, greater moral uh, ascendance than 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 we can then and we're becoming kind of our own gods in that sense uh, it's it's going to be very dangerous in that sense yeah so um yeah transhumanism uh, and the the last argument that I want to talk about um, for why I didn't want to take the shot is uh, the Imago Dei. Uh, you know, it talks about in Genesis, the first chapter, that uh, God created man in his in his own image. And um, this is really similar to transhumanism, but it's just you know very slight shade of gray difference. Um, you know, by by me taking something uh, that would improve what God created, I'm essentially saying that God could have improved me, and uh, so uh, God didn't do things correctly. And um, so uh, basically it would be changing the information at the cellular level. And, um, you know, I talked about the operating system earlier. Uh, you know, Microsoft has, uh, I believe, has been in court cases, and Microsoft wouldn't appreciate it if I went in and changed their operating system. I'd probably have a lawsuit on my hands. Um, you know, kind of a similar argument with God. God created me, fearf I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, so, you know, who am I to uh, go in and change his operating system, change how he made things? Um, so, um, yeah, and then, you know, the other thing is it's basically overriding the purpose of and the the design of the cell, God's design, and I'm not willing to do that. So that was that was my personal personal experience, and uh, you know, I've got you know, as we've talked, I've got a couple of things with my professional experience as well. One thing I want to add to that real quick is some people seem to think that for it to be considered gene therapy, that it must go into your cell and then into your nucleus and then change your DNA. That is a completely false idea. So the FDA. Um, made a definition for gene therapy back in 2018. Um, and the definition means that that's part of the definition, or it could mean you introduce some genetic material, DNA, RNA, that changes the function, that alters the, the biological function properties, the, it alters the biological properties of that cell. So if you put a gene into someone, whether it be mRNA or DNA, and it doesn't go into the nucleus, and it just goes into the cytosol, it's floating around, and it gets expressed, well, you have treated that person with gene therapy. That is, by definition, the FDA definition of gene therapy in 2018. That is gene therapy. But now we know that it, it, it can. It can change the DNA of a human. So I just want to make those distinctions. And even though we'll use that term, it, it is the correct term. It is absolutely the correct term. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, about a year ago uh, and earlier in 21, um, you know, I was talking to 
medical professionals that were in our unit and, and outside. And I was like, hey, you know, one of the issues that I have with this is uh, he, here's the study. There, there is a study. There was a study back in 21 and 20 that talked about how um, the mRNA technology could uh, possibly, uh, you know, basically like reverse transcri transcribe uh, in the cells. And I presented that study and they were like, oh, no, that, that's not that doesn't happen. I studied this stuff and we're good. And, um, you know, it's like, okay, I got one medical professional and another medical professional, one who's done research and, uh, at least one who's done research. And, um, I'm just, I'm not willing to roll the dice like that. And then lo and behold, like you said, you know, you got studies coming out where six hours later, the, the liver cells are, are actually the DNA and the liver cells are being changed. Uh, so, you know, once again, uh, theory proves fact with this stuff um yeah and you know the other thing you you're talking about the definition of uh gene therapy and it's interesting how they had to change the definition of a of a vaccine um you know from something that elicits the immune response to uh you know this thing goes in and actually changes like i said changes the function of the cell um yeah not not improving my system um yeah yeah, pro professional experience. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have any problems with uh, my soldiers getting the shot if they wanted. Um, I'm, I gave every ample opportunity for them to uh, at least know that if they had a, any religious beliefs at all. Because, um, you know, you look at the regs and you look at uh, what's said. If you have any religious belief, uh, it doesn't even have to be a recognized religious belief system, then uh, you should you should uh, be able to register uh, as for a religious accommodation request with with different things. You know, the Sikhs uh, want to wear their head, uh, their headdress and whatnot. Um, they, there's several who have gotten religious accommodation requests for that. Um, I remember over at Fort Hood, there were several soldiers that I saw who were growing beards longer than mine uh, because they were, uh, uh, what is it, pagan and you know, all I want to do is just not get this shot because I had religious, strongly held religious views against this. Um, but anyways, I, I gave my soldiers ample opportunity for medical and religious um, accommodation requests. And I didn't have any issues with uh, saying, hey, this is a legal uh, order uh, until I started reading the documentation. And I started looking at the Pfizer-BioNTech and the community fact sheet. And if you read that pretty closely. I haven't looked at it, um, you know, since like uh, August, September, October timeframe last year. But it, at, at least at that time, if you looked at it closely, uh, there was an asterisk at the at the footnote. And it said, hey, uh, by the way, uh, these two are similar in makeup, comma, space, but, um, you know, they're legally distinct. And I'm not a lawyer. I don't claim to be one, but um, when I read that, my reading comprehension said, hey, you know, this seems like they are legally distinct. And so I started talking to different folks and they're like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Anyways, I, I had one, one NCO who um, didn't want to get the shot. And, you know, everyone was under the gun to be Everyone was racing to be number one. Uh, I wasn't necessarily racing to be number one on to get everybody uh, get their shot, but uh, everybody was racing to to get 
everybody complete uh, so that they can see that they're number one, they're supporting everything. And I had one NCO who was holding out and uh, I was giving him as much time as, as I could. And uh, I went to him and I said, hey, uh, Sergeant so-and-so, um, I, I know you don't want to get the shot. And, um, uh, you know, are you sure that you don't have re any religious beliefs against these? It's like, no, sir. You know, he's very intellectually honest. Uh, are you sure you don't have any medical issues? And like, no, sir. I was like, okay, uh, well, let me, uh, I just want to show you what, what we want you to get. And uh, I get, gave him that fact sheet and I showed him, uh, you know, I was like, here it is. And you see where it says it's legally distinct? He said, yes, sir. And I was like, okay, well, are you ready to go get your shot? And he said, yes, sir, I am. Uh, so I took him over to the, uh, the Fort Hood um, shot clinic area. They had a whole gym for this, uh, Fort Hood's pretty big, pretty big post. And uh, there weren't too many people there because, you know, it's coming near the end uh, where everybody had gotten their shot and uh, Sergeant so-and-so went up in line, filled out the paperwork and, and they said, okay, what are you here for? And he said, well, I wanna get the shot, I want community. And they're like, oh yeah, hey, I'm sorry. Um, we only have Pfizer-BioNTech and we have the other ones, uh, Moderna and, uh, was, well, I can't remember what the other one was, Johnson & Johnson. And I said, yeah, that, that's great, but uh, I want community. And he said, well, okay, I guess uh, you're you're not going to be able to get the shot today. He said, okay. He said, but uh, our nurse OIC uh, will be here tomorrow morning. And so we said, okay. Well, yeah. When, when you were there, did you see physicians? Were there many physicians around? Or is it mostly nursing staff? Um yeah, none that were, I mean, none that I could readily identify. There were lots of nursing staff and, uh, yeah. Cause I, and I bring this up just because yesterday I was looking through some, some 15-6 investigation stuff against me. And there is a clear and present conspiracy, and I mean that by the true definition of multiple people, more than two people conspiring or plotting against me, a doctor, the medical director at the time, using, you know, these nurses using their their guesstimation of what medical knowledge is saying that I'm wrong with my medical knowledge and how those four nurses came together and went to the commander who is also a nurse. So it's, it's interesting. Um, that's why I asked that question. Yeah. Well, don't five nurses, uh, you know, beat a doctor or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it's, this is not a dig against nurses. My wife is a nurse. I think nurses are amazing, but everyone has to have their own place. You know, like a nursing education is not the same as a physician's education and vice versa. There are things that nurses know that I don't. Sorry, didn't mean to distract you there. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And there are things that you know that nurses don't, but I will also tell you, um, and I'm not saying this is the case. I mean, you can go do research on your own and, you know, there are a lot of us who, you know, Sam, there are a lot of us who are more informed than the people that are pushing this stuff. So Yeah, I want to wholeheartedly agree with you. I have met more people that know more about this than most doctors on the face of the earth right now. And I feel like the Army has encouraged people like you and most people I've interviewed to go basically go get their self-directed Ph.D. in law, medicine, and in the pharmaceutical companies. And I, and I want to applaud you and everyone for doing the research that you've done because now you've made yourself an expert in this this part of the of life. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't call myself an expert. I just, um, you know, a little bit of uh, 
preserving my autonomy here, <laughs> like being a human. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I joke uh, about that a little bit, but uh, you know, if, if folks have gotten the shot, um, you know, that was their own decision. That should have been their own decision. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't knock people for getting it if uh, they've gotten it. Uh, Want to respect people who, who've gotten it. But uh, for me, you know, people shouldn't, it shouldn't be pushed on people um, because I, I do believe that uh, it's violating, if they don't want it, it's, vi it's a violation. So, um, yeah, so uh, I, we, I took Sergeant So-and-So to, to the clinic to go get a shot. They didn't have it. They said the nurse I see would be there in the morning. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to come to a head with this. So I show up in the morning with uh, my NCO and uh, we go and talk to the nurse OIC, uh, O5 type. So uh, Lieutenant Colonel, we went and talked to her. She, she met us um, as we came in and um, Sergeant said, hey, uh, I'd like to get community. She said, well, unfortunately we don't have it available. And I, I hadn't said anything at the whole time uh, that, that we'd, we'd done this. I'd just kind of been in the background, um, you know, just nobody. and. And at this time, I'm like, hey, um, you know, my name is Colonel Burge. I'm his battalion commander. He's my last soldier who, you know, either doesn't have a, an accommodation request or hasn't gotten a shot. And so I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm just trying to help the process here. Um, so I understand you guys don't have community and, and this is the one that uh, the sergeant wants. Um, are, is it possible for you to just put that in, in memo format saying that you don't have community? And she looked at me kind of like, this is kind of an odd request or, you know, like, uh, okay. And, uh, but she, she obliged and said, sure, I'll go ahead and go, go do that. So she, she typed out a memo, it was pretty short saying, hey, you know, we don't have uh, Pfizer-BioNTech, all we have is community. I said, hey, thank you so much, appreciate you doing this. Uh, but um, I'm wondering, you know, can you also put in that in there that all you have are, uh, you know, the EUA vaccines, emergency use authorization authorized vaccines. And she, again, you know, another look like, geez, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, but she, she, uh, you know, fulfilled my request. She said, yeah, I, I, I can do that. So she ran back in and retyped it and said, you look, here's the memo. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the, uh, the, the header, the title paid part of the, of the memo, but, um, here it is. And, uh, please don't, don't, uh, show this to anybody. And I'm like, don't show this to anybody. You know, I'll, why what's the purpose of even putting it on paper if i'm not going to show it to anybody um but uh obviously she felt like there was something wrong with what she was doing um but uh at, at least you know from what she was said what she was told to do um and she's she was like yeah but they're all they're all the same anyways and i was like okay i got it but you know i'm a commander and i need to do right by my soldiers so uh hey thanks a lot Appreciate it, and we left. So, um, so I had that memo, and uh, you know, I needed needed to be able to inform my chain of command. So I, I went right over to my brigade jag, and I was like, "Hey, Captain So and So, lawyer type, um, you know, all this, all these big legal words, I just don't understand what they mean." And uh, I took this memo to him, and I said, "Here's what's happened. I don't know what everything means. What do you make of it?" And this. Captain, lawyer type, looks at the paperwork. He's like, oh, wow, uh, someone actually put this on paper. I was like, yeah, I know. 
It's crazy, isn't it? Someone put this on paper. What do you think? Wow. And uh, wow. he said, uh, sir, I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to have to look at this. So, I bet his face was melting off. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you and I both know the the ethical dilemma that's going through this young captain's mind. And, um, you know, that I just turned his good day to a bad day. And um, so I asked him how much how much time does he need to look at this paperwork and and debate ethical dilemma. Um, so I showed up like two two days later. And he's like, uh, sir, I don't know what to make of it. I was like, thanks. <laughs> so I, I took took the paperwork. And um, I, I went went from his office, went to go see my brigade commander. I'm like, hey, sir, um, you, you already know I got, you know, the personal issues with with this stuff. So um, here's this paperwork. What do you think of this? And I was like, hey, look, sir, I, I, I have an issue. Uh, I'm going to have an issue. It wasn't even time to really enforce the, the shot stuff with this. Um, we, we still had several months. And I said, hey, here's Sergeant so-and-so stuff. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, here's the fact sheet uh, from the CDC. Uh, I'm not making this stuff up. It shows that it's legally distinct. You know, there's there's a line between the two. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the, the lawyers have already blessed off on this. We're all good. And I'm like, uh, I understand the lawyer, sir. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but it says that they're legally distinct. Um, oh, yeah, you know what? And I said, well, okay, sir, I'm going to have issues with enforcing this when it comes time. He's like, yeah, you know what? You are going to have issues. And I said, okay, I just need to talk to a lawyer who can tell me what the definition of legally distinct means. What does this mean for the two shots? I said, yeah, you better go talk to a lawyer. So I went, uh, I went to another lawyer, anybody who could help me decipher what legally distinct means. And, uh, this lawyer over on post uh, at an office that uh, anybody can walk into. I walked in. I said, "Hey, here's my peer, my paperwork with these certain hier hieroglyphics," and uh, I said, "What what does it all mean? I'm so confused." And again, they said, "Wow, this is interesting. Someone put this on paper." And uh, I know I was like, "What what does it mean?" And they said, uh, "Well." You have a strong case. And I was like, okay, got it. Case for what? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for saying that these are legally distinct and uh, you have a strong case. But in the end, uh, DOD is going to win because they're, you know, the big dog. And I was like, okay, I, I got. So they, they knew exactly what you had. You had a, a golden ticket that's going to torch all of them. They knew that. And they're hemming and hawing going, ooh, yeah, this, uh, hmm. This doesn't look nice because they were well, shocked that so, that's, someone that's actually put it on the paper. That, uh, it, there, there was something there. There's a there there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was something there. Yeah. So, um, but no one wanted to say, hey, you've got something here and this is right and this is wrong. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was the beginning of the end. The next... Go ahead. Do you, do you still have that document? And can you uh, send a redacted copy? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'll do that. Post it here if that's all right. Yeah. So we can see what, yeah, we're, it, it, what you're talking it about. It does look a little wonky because it doesn't have uh, the head, the header, you know, the the unit sure. and everything. 
she said i'm sorry i'm not at the hospital i don't have my computer so here's my here's my memo so it looks like here's a, a napkin with me writing on here that i'm <laughs> yeah exactly it yeah. looks like a kindergartner put it but uh, <laughs> um you know anyways direct commissionees um <laughs> <laughs> hey no yeah, you're right you're I'm, absolutely I'm, right you're 100 yeah. right <laughs> I, re yeah. I resemble that remark. That's something I would do. <laughs> yeah. You know, back when we used to wear berets, they wear a beret. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Pierre. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, enough making fun of direct commissionings. Um, yeah. So uh, that, that was the that was the beginning of the end. Uh, the, the next day, uh, pretty close to close business, got a text saying, hey, come on over to my office. And um, Went over to my brigade commander's office and I was suspended, uh, never to talk to my soldiers again, uh, except after I was finally cut. And uh, I was the next week I was removed from command. And uh, and then I, you know, went left the, left the service after that. Did they relieve you? Did they relieve you for not getting the shot or for not forcing this sergeant to get the shot? Or did they distinguish? Did they actually say? Yeah, for me, yeah. So for me, it was uh, not going along with the program with um, basically forcing. Uh, uh, I can't remember the exact verbiage in my Gomar. Uh, it was basically unwilling to support the chain of command. Um, yeah, basically unwilling to support the chain of command. With their illegal orders, so, right? It, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, but. No one could tell me what legally distinct means. So it's very difficult terminology to figure out. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you know, um, the the whole process has been, uh, there's been a lot of soul searching uh, through the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I know anybody who's, Gone through this, uh, like like yourself. I know you know what I mean by this. Uh, I've grown a lot through the whole op opportunity, um, and it, it really boils down to what do you find your identity in. Um, and you know, I find my identity in, in Jesus Christ. And um, you know, my my priorities have have always been uh, ever since I was a young lieutenant. I've always been uh, God, family, and then work or career. And, uh, you know, career was getting in the way of uh, family in this case, and career was getting in the way of um, my, my relationship with God uh, foremost. So I wasn't willing to cross the line in that. And so this was really a, um, an issue with identity. And, you know, I think um, I, I know not everybody. I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but uh, many people... Uh, in the military find their identity in uh, rank. Many people find their identity in position. And uh, so I was not willing to, um, you, you know, um, go against against where I found my identity. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, as, as, a, as a tax paying citizen, I have to uh, ask myself, you know, is, is the taxpayer really getting their value with this vaccine, um, you know, especially as more and more information rolls out, 
uh, we learned that uh, you know the vaccine was ineffective. We learned that, uh, and more and more so every day, undeniably, we're learning that uh, the vaccine is wrecking havoc on on people's bodies. Um, you know, as, as as more and more data comes out on that. So, if if I were to ask a question though of, of leadership of uh, higher ups, I'd, I'd ask them, uh, you know, the hypothetical question of uh, the flu vaccine. Um, hey, so at what percentage do we stop pounding our soldiers to get the flu vaccine? And, you know, as, as a commander and, you know, as a soldier under plenty of commands, I think, you know, it was around 85% around that area. You know, if, if every unit had 85%, then, you know, supposedly we were protected from the flu, even though everyone still got the flu pretty much every year. Um, so where where are we in comparison with the flu vaccine? Um, you know, they are hounding, they're, they're throwing people out for, you know, being the 0 0.01, 0 0.1 in, in a unit that doesn't have the vaccine. Um, we're way over 85%. And, you know, make, make no mistake, the federal government has put millions of dollars, put an astronomical amount of money into every single private that's come into the military, let alone every officer that comes in as a second lieutenant or an O3 as a, as a direct commissionee, uh, put tons of money, millions of dollars into, into us, and they're just throwing it away just because they don't, they don't especially now, they're still continue to do it. Um, if you don't get this, this shot, that's outdated because it, it's, you, it's off of the alpha or the whatever form, form of the uh, COVID. It's, it's nuts. What's interesting about that is I haven't had the flu shot in two years now, and nobody cares. There is no fight there. Yeah. But you don't get this one shot. It's not effective. It's not safe. It's not for the current strain that's going around. It's under EUA, which makes it illegal under 10, US, 10 USC 1107 Alpha, which was ruled upon by, um, was it uh, Judge Sullivan in about 2004 or five in the Dover's Rumsfeld case. And I've been able to sit with Doe, and I've been able to talk to Dale Saran quite a bit. And and so like for you and for me, sir, they're they're breaking the law on law that's already been judged upon. It's not like this is precedence for you and me. For everybody who was in at that time, that law, that order was for you and for me. And they're breaking that law. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's crazy. It's crazy. And you know, one of the the best thing that we can do as um best thing that we can do is just become informed and, you know, listen to podcasts like this, like your podcast, uh, you know, don't, don't take everything that, uh, that's being said on a podcast for, for sure, you know, for, for truth, you know, look it up yourself and, and become informed. You know, I, you know, the last thing that I'll, that I'll say, Sam is, uh, you know, I don't need everybody to be convicted on this, you know, with what I'm, I'm convicted on. But if, if you are convicted, then, you know, there's going to come a time, um, you know, just like my CG at the time when he called me to tell me, uh, hey, I'm not going to support your religious accommodation request. And I really, really respected him for giving me a call. He didn't have to tell me anything. But, uh, you know, one of his battalion commanders, um, it was a phone call. And I said, hey, sir, you know, I really appreciate you calling me. I really do. That That's very kind of you. You didn't have to do that. Um, but I just want you to know that, uh, you know, at some point in time, they will cross your line as well. Um, you know, we, we all should have lines, and if we don't, then, then we're just, 
you know, we're, we're welcome mats. Um, at some point in time, they're going to they're going to cross everyone's line. And if you're not convicted now, just remember when you do become convicted, you need to know where your line is. And when it's crossed, you need to stand up and, uh, and not back down and, uh, you know, count the consequences. But regardless of the consequences, um, you know, our nation was built on convictions. And, um, you know, my, my Christian faith, you know, convicts me. It admonish me, admonishes me to, to take a stand. So here I am. Tell us about the situation about you getting out, because there was some controversy and some things that I would say are not right. And hopefully you can be restored in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because I had received bad paper, I'd gotten the the GOMAR, the General Officer Memorandum of uh, Administrative Reprisal. I think that's what it stands for. The GOMAR. Um, my my file, my retirement file automatically goes to what's called a Great Determination Review Board, a GDRB. And um, the GDRB is a uh, it's a board made up of uh, a number of officers that are uh, senior to you. And they look at your file and from your file, they determine whether you served honorably uh, at the greater rank that you're requesting to retire at. Excuse me. So um, my file went before the GDRB and uh, that those either those officers, there, there's the board and then there's also a, uh, I believe, a political officer that uh, like an SES or senior executive service member uh, who is politically appointed. Uh, they uh, sign off on the final one. Uh, I have yet to do a FOIA, uh, which, you know, now that I mention this, I hope they don't burn all the documents of my, my board files and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, either the officers or the political appointee uh, said that uh, I needed to be reduced in rank. So, uh, you know, I used to hold the rank of lieutenant colonel, and then uh, upon retirement, I, I, they were, I've been demoted to major. Um, so... That's shocking. Um, Hang on just a second. Yeah. That is, I want everybody to, how many years did you serve? Uh, 20 years and some change. And how did you enter the service through enlisted or direct commission? I entered the service as a second lieutenant. And you gave 20 years of service and you made the grade and rank of lieutenant colonel. And as you went to leave and retire, they said, that's not good. We're going to bust you down to major because that's the last time you serve what we say, quote, honorably. I want everyone to hear that and think about that. They have promised him over his entire life that you will get your high three. The, the average of the highest three years of payment, you'll get a percentage of that. You'll get all of these, these benefits. You'll get to be, call yourself retired, whatever your last rank was. And they took that away because he didn't want to get the shot. He didn't want to force others to get the shot. He, they took that away from him. It's terrible. Yeah. And you know, Sam, it's a, it's a, it's a travesty. Um, and it's not something that I, I think about every day, uh, not anymore, but, uh, and thankfully I don't, like I said, I don't find my identity in it and, uh, it is a wrongdoing. It should be corrected and, uh, hopefully it will be. Uh, you know, the crazy thing, uh, another another crazy thing, <laughs> a lot of craziness going on here. Um, I, in my packet, my brigade commander that actually um, 
requested I be relieved and my uh, the chief of staff that I worked under after I was relieved until I retired uh, they actually gave me memos that said that I served honorably um, as a lieutenant colonel I served honorably through battalion command uh, through my time of battalion command and um, and and that uh, you know I, I that, that actually looking at the regs it shows what the GDRB is supposed to look for you know dereliction of duty um, you know any ethical or more ethical issues or anything like that and they wrote in their memos you know hey none of these issues and somehow this board or this political officer was able to see through my one piece of paper that said you know showed that somehow I I served dishonorably even though you had two oh sixes that said that I served honorably one of them being my brigade commander um, so somehow they had enough evidence everyone that said that looked at that was like uh, don't worry about it your your packet that goes before the grade termination review board there there normally has to be uh an investigation or something like that before they reduce you and there was no investigation done all it was was this single piece of paper and uh i, I believe i believe there have literally been people who have uh gone to court for kidnapping and have not been reduced in rank yet uh you just want to uphold the autonomy of your soldiers and uh you know, hey, we, we all, when we sign the line, we all give up some uh, some rights, uh, some certain rights uh, with joining service, but uh, our bodily autonomy is not one of them, and uh, we should not have to give that up. I think that's a great point. We do potentially lose some some free speech if it's in the realm of political speech. We might not be able to, to say everything that we want to say, but we certainly do not lose our human rights because... Those are a gift from God, not a gift from government. That's why the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is so important, is because we do not have a government that gives us rights. We have a government that protects our rights. Exactly. Exactly. I want to I wanna thank you so much for, for taking this stand. For I think it's really important what you said is, and, and this idea that your identity doesn't come from your position in life in this world, because we're not of this world. And if our identity comes from God, then that gives us the power to give up everything in this world and to follow him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, uh, if you're out there and you don't know your identity, seems like there's a lot of uh, confusion with identity nowadays. And it's uh, something you should figure out. Um, because we're going to be we're going to be pushed from a lot of different angles in the future. And one thing that I've been hearing a lot of lately from different avenues is when you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, you get up and you move and you do what he says. And and the reason is if you don't, if you delay, if you so if you, if you delay and you don't do what he says, you could find yourself in a very bad position on this this earth like like maybe even a potentially immediately imminently dangerous position and so to be able to listen to the holy spirit and to do that then you first must be close enough to god to be able to to listen and i encourage everyone that this is the time to to make sure that you're where you're supposed to be to to listen and to listen to that voice absolutely yeah um 
you, you know, if uh, if you don't if you don't know what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like, um, you know, it's like hearing a new voice. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not always a you know, it, that that Holy Spirit voice is not always like Sam, um, you know. Don't take the shot. It's not always like that either. It's it's this feeling that you get inside. It's it's this, and and you you measure that right. You you go okay. Does this align with what God says in the Bible? Does this align with what other believers that I know? That does all do all these things align right? Because usually it's it's something that goes along with what's in the Bible. It's usually something that you don't want to do. Often God wants us to do things that we don't want to do. Think of Jonah. He did not want to go to Nineveh. That was an uncomfortable place for him to go. He didn't want to do it. But why does God call us to do things we don't want to do? It's so that we grow, right? If I never go to the gym and I never pick up a bar, that's the shirt is ARs and bars. If I never pick up a bar and I do, and I never do something I can't do or haven't done or is uncomfortable to do, then I never grow. My muscles and my body don't change. My neurochemistry and my brain doesn't change. When God ha- this whole earth is a gym in a sense that God puts us here so that we can become the full potential that he's designed us to be so that we can reach his other children. We can bring them and encourage them and help them make courage more contagious. Exactly. Yeah. We, we survive every day. We live every day, uh, you know, through God's grace and, uh, and having faith and, uh, God gives us faith through his grace every day. That's, that's the bread of, of, that's the bread that we get every day. And, uh, you know, living, living through that faith, you know, I told you, I wouldn't have, I may have told you, I I wouldn't have changed things, uh, that, that have happened. Um, would have changed maybe one thing I didn't, I didn't appreciate being demoted, but you know, that's a good, it's a good gut check. It's like, Hey, you know what? That's not what my identity's in. And, um, so, um, I've, I've grown, I've grown a lot. And I'll tell you uh, several of my friends who, um, we, one in particular, who we're we're both common friends with, um, we we walk through this together, uh, calling each other very very often, some really late late night calls, and uh, uh, we we have grown a lot um, through this, and uh, as iron iron sharpens iron, and I uh, really really appreciate this friendship. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a reason why we say a cord of three strains is not easily broken. And when yeah. a brother falls down, a brother yeah, exactly. can help him up. And it's because we need, That's God right. made us to be with others. You know, yeah, certainly there's some Amen. some introverts, some extroverts, whatever. But but deep down, we we need to have that fellowship with other believers so that we can help each other be strong and courageous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you get your pen? I did, man. I really like it. All right. How uh, can I order a couple more on? Uh, <laughs> sure. You got, you got like a website. I do. Um, I'll put the link cool. uh, down below if I can remember. Um, I usually put it up in multiple places. My okay. Telegram, my um, Instagram, all those grams. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and, Thank you for being a leader, a true leader, not just one that's been appointed for leadership. Um, and thank you for, for following God and for choosing to be refined rather than just going along. Mm. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, like I said earlier, I really appreciate what you're doing with uh, with your podcast, and uh, appreciate this opportunity. Thank you, sir, and we will be praying for you. Thank you. Likewise. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.